Hey there, online family. Thanks so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We believe that the message you're about to hear is a powerful one. We believe that the Lord is ready and willing to do a great work. And we believe that through this message, you'll hear from him today. So please enjoy. Good morning. Who's excited about God this morning? Come on. Hallelujah. You want to receive from the Lord? You better get excited about him because when you're excited about him, he's going to come and meet you right where you're at, all right? That's what we got to do. We got to get excited about God, all right? You don't go to a Packer game expecting him to lose or you would have never gone. All right, so we come to church to experience God. We didn't come to not experience him, right? So that's why we're here. So get excited about God. He's amazing. He, he's given you breath for this moment. He's given you breath to get here this morning. He's called you in this place. Some of you are here, and you didn't think you'd be sitting in church this morning. You had other plans. You had other things to do. You had work to go to, but somehow you got relieved. You had all these things uh, desired for the day, but the Lord interrupted you in this day, and you're here sitting here now, and you're about to, to experience God in a new sense, in a new way. And what, what an amazing thing that's going to be. I'm excited to, uh, for this word. I'm excited for the opportunity, and it's such a blessing that the pastor's given me the opportunity to come before you and, and speak, and, and every time it's a humbling experience because a lot of times I'll prepare all kinds of notes and have absolutely no idea what I'm going to say. <laughs> and I'll tell you, that's a struggle. It's a struggle. And, and what I'm talking about today is faith, and faith is something that if I didn't have faith, there's no way that I could be up here because I can't rely on my own ability. My ability ends when I leave that seat. It's gone. I don't have the ability to, to verbalize God's word in a way to which each and every person in this room can understand it and you can take something home with you. I don't have that ability, but through the Holy Spirit, the power of faith gives us that ability and it flows through me. I, I would have nothing to say. I, again, I can tell you so much in my heart that sitting there, I do not know what's next, even though I'm prepared. But the Lord tells us to prepare ourselves in season and out of season because we don't know when we're going to be called upon. And he'll use us with the knowledge that we have sought out in our life. So before we get started this morning, I just want to, let's, let's start with a word of prayer. Dearly Father, we just thank you so much for what you're going to do in this house today. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, Lord, that, that died upon that cross over 2,000 years ago, that took every sin that we could ever imagine that we've done or haven't done, Lord. He wiped it out. He died for it. He carried it down to the grave left it there, and rose again so that we could have life abundant in the name of Jesus Christ through the blood that we even, that we even took as remembrance of him in communion today, Jesus. That blood stands just as powerful today as it was on the day that he gave it. It's just as alive today as it was on the day that he gave it. And it writes a new covenant in our life, Lord. And we receive that covenant today just as powerful as it was on the day that he wrote it. Lord, we pray that you would encounter us in this place today. We pray that your presence would sit amongst us, O oh Lord. Holy Spirit, we receive you now in this place. Speak to us, Father, in your words and your words only. Anoint my lips and my tongue to speak those words. And let me be a vessel used for your glory. I pray, Lord, that you would touch every heart, mind, and soul in this place. And I pray, Lord, that you would write on the tablet of our hearts a new song that we could glorify you 
In Jesus' name we pray. And they all said, amen. Hallelujah. Well, I am excited. I am excited because uh, we're talking about walking with faith. Not only, not only walking with my daughter, which is probably one of the most exciting things I get to do now is, is watch her grow. And uh, Tim said, hey, your faith is growing because little faith is growing. The more cheese sticks I feed her, the bigger she gets, you know. And she loves cheese. If you want her to be your best friend, just have a cheese stick in your hand. Uh, she's definitely a Wisconsinite. So, but my... Walking with faith, walking with my daughter uh, is one of the things that the Lord has blessed me with, something that I honestly could tell you that I didn't think that I would ever desire um, a daughter in that way, or even a child, because earlier on when I was younger, I didn't really have this desire inside of me uh, to have children. It wasn't something that God was like, oh yeah, I really, I can't wait to have kids. It just was not there. But I'll tell you, when the Lord blessed us with our daughter Faith, I can't imagine life without her. Her little giggles in the morning, the way that she, she talks uh, and jibber-jabbers, she opens a book and just, no words, but I know she's reading every word. I mean, it's just amazing, and it's just such a blessing to me. And God is allowing that, that faith in me to grow, not only as my daughter grows, but as we start today, you know, we're, we're starting in a series called Walk It Out. So Pastor Matt alluded to a journey that we take. We do not leave our house without faith. And we're going to talk about things uh, that we use on a journey, something that we don't want to be caught without. Because if we're caught without it, we're going to find ourselves in a place in which we have nowhere to place our hope. So in this series, we're going to talk about how the Lord... Um, blesses us through these, these different things. And Jesus called people to follow him, and follow, following requires action. So how do we take action? We're going to talk about that a little bit today. We're going to talk about how to put your faith into action. It's not just about faith in its, in its general sense, but how to put that into action. And we will stumble at times, but it's kind of how we get back up. You know, it's one thing to stumble and say, I'm never trying that again because it didn't work out. God did not answer me in this moment. He didn't give me what I wanted, so I'm not doing it again. I'm not going to church again because, God, I didn't get healed last time I went. I'm not going to church again because, God, you ruined my marriage. I'm not going to church again because, God, you got me fired. And we begin to make excuse instead of getting back up and putting our, picking up those things, those general things. We have, we have love, we have faith, we've got purpose, and we've got forgiveness that we're going to talk about this month. These are four essential things that we have to take up daily so that we can walk with the Lord and we can get back up daily with the Lord. It says take up your cross daily. That means it's a daily thing that's needed, right? It's like drinking water. It's something that you should do all the time. Some of the key scriptures that we have for this series are Isaiah 30 verse 21 says this. It says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. The Lord has a way for you in which he desires you to walk. You know, we're talking about a journey. And whether we go right or left, he will direct, he directs our way. When we look to him, we'll know the way that which we walk. And that way is spoken to us by, through his word. It's, it's a lot of has a lot to do with the characteristics and attributes of God. When you understand the characteristics and attributes of God through his word, you understand more so the direction that he's calling you. Uh, Lord, should I go to the bar today? Well, that doesn't really uh, line up with your characteristics and attributes, so probably not. You know, should I have that alcoholic drink? Well, what does that profit me in the Lord? Does that really uh, reflect your characteristics and attributes? 
You have to begin to ask yourself these questions. This word will begin to define your heart, and those heart actions through his word will begin to define the way that you walk in life. And when we start walking in life through his characteristics and attributes, you will begin to see that you are not walking contrary to God any longer, but you're walking in alignment with him, in his light. But the only way that you'll know that is by reading his word and getting into it. He, he brings us this way. He gives us this way. We have to be able to hear. John 8 verse 12 says this. It says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The, pro, the Lord promises the light of life through him. I had a conversation with Pastor Matt last night. We were talking about this verse, actually, and it was kind of really neat um, because he was talking about a revelation that he got um, that darkness basically has no existence in his life in God. He walks completely in the light of God. And I just, I see, you know, as we walk in that light, as Jesus is the light of the world, right? We think of the light, what is the light of the world? We think of the sun. And the sun comes up day after day. But every day comes a night. Every day the darkness takes over. But in Jesus Christ, darkness never takes over. We can walk into the night with light. It is the light of the world. In the beginning, in Genesis, one of my favorite things to talk about, in Genesis, uh, God, he created the world and he said, let there be light. And he created the sun four days later. It is the light of God, the light of Jesus Christ that lights our world in him. Darkness is, has no room for us. When you're in Christ, it's not there. These are the things that are key scriptures to how we walk out. Are you walking in light? Or does every step that you take seem like darkness? And which way are you going? Are you going to the right or to the left? Are you trying to, are you trying to get away from God? And God says, you need to be doing this. And you're like, ah, not right now. You know, I used to, I used to really... Um, I used to do that a lot. And it was actually an encounter here at this church. Um, if you know who Isaiah Saldivar is, it's, it's, it was a day that he came. Um, it was an encounter here at this church that I realized that I was running away from God. I knew who God was. I knew what his word was. And I, I knew the call that he had set on my life. But I, I just didn't want anything to do with it. And in that sense, not really anything to do with it. But I, it was just too much for me at that time. But as I sat here, just, just over in this area... God began to speak to me, and he began to show me you've been running from me, and he began to light this way for me. And, and when, this, when the altar call came, I'm telling you, he hit me like a brick. I shoved my wife out of the way. I said, I got to get up there. I, you ask her. I put, she was like, why don't you take me with you? I said, I, I got to fix me before I can do anything else. But I didn't even get to the altar. I, I fell just before the front row, I mean, the power of God was so heavy because he showed me his light. And when the light comes in the world, you can't stand in it because it's about him. It's nothing about us. It has nothing to do with us. We could, I got to quit talking that way. I'm going to redirect my focus. What is faith? We're talking about faith, right? What is faith? Faith is a steadfast trust and confidence in God and his word that what he said is true. And to personalize this, 
We can say what he said is true concerning you. Faith allows us to live in this limited life in an unlimited way. It removes limitations that keep us bound in sin, in fear, in bondage, in lack, or anything that would hold us back from the life God has planned for us to live. Faith is not a religion or a denomination. You can't go into a church and leave and say, I got faith. <laughs> even, even a Christian church, yes. You can't come into a Christian church and, church and leave and say, I got faith today. That's not quite how it works. Or I'm a member of faith. What does the Bible say? Hebrews 11.1. 1. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to read it out of two versions. First one is going to be the New King James, and the second one is going to be the Amplified. And the, there's a lot in the Amplified, so I, I really like that translation. Um, Hebrews 11.1, 1, and the New King James says this. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I'm going to read it now in the Amplified. Gives us a little bit more volume to what the verse actually says. It says this. It says, now faith is the assurance, title deed or confirmation. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So divinely guaranteed. When you think of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed. Those are two past tense words. Hoped. Divinely guaranteed. Guaranteed is a past word. It's, it's already been done. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. We cannot see it. We cannot hear it. But we believe it. There's something in the inward part of our being that says it's so. There's something in there. So faith is the assurance, is the title deed. The title deed is something that I have for a, a piece of property or, or for your house. And it says that you are owner of that, of that property. So faith is ownership, we could say it that way, or assurance, ownership, of things hoped for. Of those things that you're hoping for. So that means that I have to have something. i got to be hoping for something before I can establish faith. So if I'm looking for a relationship with God, it's that I'm hoping that there's something greater out there besides me. There's something that, that can speak into my life. And there's something that says that your sin can be forgiven. It's something that says that there's greater inside of you. Greater good inside of you than what you're really experiencing. And there's a greater king out there that can light your way. You know, some, we, some of you walked in with hopelessness today. Some of you online probably are sitting there with hopelessness. You're like, I've tried everything. I, I just can't do it anymore. I've tried it all. I've tried to get the best job. I've tried to pay down all my debts. I've tried to, to do the best in my marriage. I've tried to do the best with my kids. I've tried to do the best in all that I'm doing. But I can't do it. I've tried every drug. It doesn't take away the pain. I tried everything, and still yet there's nothing that seems to please my soul. And in your hopelessness, you're going to find that there is a gap that only God can fill. There is a place 
that God has put inside of each and every one of us, the inward person, the heart of our being, the soulless realm, the, the spirit that God wants to reside in there. And we try to fill it with stuff because we feel empty when he's not there. In your hopelessness, you hope. Because you weren't able to fill it on yourself, you're hoping that there's something that can take away the pain that you experience. There's something that is better than what you see in this world. There's something that's better than the hatred of your neighbor. There's hope there. And we put our faith in God in this way. Those things that are hoped for. And evidence. You know, this is probably my, the evidence. Faith is evidence. When I walk into a room, you look at me and you say, well, yeah, he's living. Right? The evidence is that I'm alive because I walked in. Because you see me. You hear me speaking. So with faith... The evidence of things not seen. So what, when we talk about faith, we're talking about faith in God. Faith in Jesus Christ. Your faith is the evidence to everybody around you that Jesus Christ exists. And I want to explain that just a little bit more. And it's very powerful to me. Because the way you live your life becomes a reflection of who he is. You see... If I walk into a room and I begin to, and I'm nice, right? I'm really nice to people. And the way that I, I talk and, and the way that I love on people and the way, the way that, that I carry myself is reflecting God in that sense. And Jesus can, becomes real to somebody because it may not be something that they experience on a normal basis. Or you say, can I pray for you? That becomes evidence that God is real. Your faith will build that evidence case for Jesus. Jesus is no longer in this world or on this world right now. He's placed us here to make an appeal for salvation and the gospel. And he's given us the Holy Spirit which resides in us. So when we walk in a room and we're carrying the Holy Spirit, that faith in him becomes the evidence that God really exists. And it's evidence in the way that it cannot be disproved. They say, well, I can't see your God. I can't hear your God. So your faith is no good. But regardless of what someone says or speaks over you, you know that your faith in him will always overcome any word spoken against you. Because it's so real in that inward being. It's not about what I can touch, what I can feel, or what I can smell or see. It's about the fact that God meets me in the morning when I get up out of bed. And he says, hello, good morning, I love you, I've called you. Would you, would you just spend some time with me this morning? <laughs> you know, we, we were in a Bible study not too long ago. And we were talking about how God doesn't really need us. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need you. He doesn't need me. He doesn't need Pastor Matt. He doesn't need Pastor Deb. He doesn't, he doesn't need the ministry of refuge. He doesn't, doesn't need us. God is not a God of need. 
God is a God that existed before the world was made, and he will exist after the world goes away. He is, he is, there's nothing that hinges on us or anything in this world that he has required. But you know what's cool about God? He wants you. He wants you. Have you ever had a want that you put aside a need to get the want? He wants you. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you'll sell most of the stuff that you have just to get it? Or you've, you've wanted, you wanted a date with that one person so bad for so long that you're doing things that you never would do. You're acting way different than you ever would so that you could somehow please this person and go out on a date with them. God wants us. He wants you. He doesn't need you. He wants you. And so he comes after you. We need God. A lot of times our need draws us to God, but our want for God is what allows our faith to grow. Because we'll encounter God in a need. And we'll say, Lord, I just need, I need you. I can't do this by myself. I can't do this anymore. And we encounter God in a need. We encounter God when we lose a significant other. We encounter God when, when we lose the job or don't have enough funds, when we need something. We need healing for something. We encounter God in that way. And a lot of times when we get what we want or what we need, we leave. But wanting will drive you beyond need. And then your faith will grow. That was not in my notes. <laughs> it's going to be a while. <laughs> How do, why do we need faith? Why do we need faith? Hebrews 11.6 says this. If you're looking for a good faith chapter, Hebrews 11 is the chapter to read. But Hebrews 11.6 says this. It says, And without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. It is impossible to please God without faith. Impossible. We have to keep reading. A lot of times that, that verse is, or that scripture is quoted and that's where they end. It's impossible to please God without faith or without faith it's impossible to please him. So, what are the two things? There's two requirements in faith. Number one is, is that we must believe that he is. Faith comes from believing that he is. If you don't believe that God is, you're not going to have faith. This goes beyond just Saying a prayer or confessing faith. Yeah, I've got faith. I believe in the Lord. I believe Jesus died on the cross. And it's just a spoken thing. But it goes way beyond that. Believing that he is, is believing that he was a self-existent one. That he was here before you were. That he spoke the worlds into existence. That by him all things came into existence. And that through him all things will continue to be or not be any longer. That all things are controlled by him. And that he allows those things to have their will even as people in this place. That he is. That there is no requirement, just like I was talking, of a need of us or this world. But God just is. To believe that he is is to believe that there's no way that you can take him out. No way that you can take him away. That he is going to be judge over us no matter what. 
And he's lover over us no matter what. He is. We must believe that he is, that he exists. And that he's the creator of all the world. That he's Lord. That's actually a great way to put it. That he is Lord. If there's one thing that you do every day, just confess this. Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. And his resurrection is the resurrection that I'll receive in the end time. Confess that over your life. And no devil from hell will ever be able to mess with you. Because you're making declaration in that place. Okay, we must believe that he is a rewarder of those that seek him. So we believe that he is, okay? That's the requirement of faith. We need to believe that he is. And we need to believe that he is a rewarder of those that seek him. If we don't believe that God rewards us, why would we want anything to do with him? He would be like, just like another person to us. But there's something about God that draws us, right? There's something about God that gives us eternal life. There's something about God that gives us purpose for existence. I don't know about you guys, but there's something about it when I step into my quiet time with the Lord in the morning and I begin to read my Bible and the words on the page begin to come alive to me. And I'm reading something that happened thousands and thousands of years ago, but yet there's so much truth in it, and there's so much desire in my heart to meet with the people that, that experienced God in that way, that heard the voice of God in their quiet time, in their, their soul time with the Lord, and built their faith because they didn't regard what was around them as something that determined the way that their life was going to go. Regardless of what you see, God is a rewarder of those that seek him. Ephesians 2 verse 4 through 8 says this. It says, But God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace we've been saved. And raised us up with him, seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Grace is promised through faith. That not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. A gift is no good if it's not received. It's, it's no good if it's not received. It can be sitting under the tree. I'm just going to use this as an example. It can be sitting under the tree at Christmas. You can acknowledge the gift. You can say that the gift is for you. It has your name on it. You can see who it's from. You can see all the things about the, everything about the gift. But when you walk by the tree and do not pick the gift up and open it, it is no good to you. It is as though it had never existed. Even, you, even though you've acknowledged it. That's the thing about faith. We can acknowledge that God exists. We can acknowledge that he is all of these things. But we have to believe in our heart. And when you believe in your heart, you go there and say, that gift is for me. Hand it over. I'm picking it up. I'm tearing it open. And I want everything inside of it. That's what believing that he is. It's for you. Nobody else's name is written on that gift. Nobody else is going to open it. Only you. So quit ignoring it. But go pick it up. Be like a child and tear that thing open. And the abundance that's inside. It'd be like a jack-in-a-box. 
there it is. So good. It's a gift. You know, this passage of Scripture, I, I put this passage of Scripture in my notes because it has the rewards of God in it. It has the rewards. He was rich in mercy, so he gave his great love, with which he loved us. And we were dead in our transgressions, so he's telling us our position. We're dead. Transgressions. He made us alive. There's another gift. There's another reward with Christ. By grace, we've been saved. And he raised us up. That's another reward. He raised us up and seated us. He didn't just raise us up and say, well, hallelujah, you're resurrected. No, he said, you're up. All right, take a seat with me here at the kingdom, right by the throne room. And let's enjoy the presence of the Father. These are the rewards. He is a rewarder of those that seek him. We can't forget the seeking part. We have to seek him. How do we build faith? How do we build faith? Faith, in Romans 10, verse 17, says this. It says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is an amazing passage of Scripture. And sometimes I read it and I'm like, what? Faith comes from hearing. That means I have to hear something for faith to come. And then it tells us what hearing is. Hearing is by the word of God. So when I hear the word of God, faith comes by my hearing. Because why, why is that so? You listen to songs on the radio, right? Anybody got a radio in their car? They don't do that anymore. If you listen to songs, whatever you listen to, or if you're around people at work and they're talking, and the way that they talk, whatever it is, those things begin to go through your mind. You know, there's songs that you like, that you sing, that you speak over and over again because you're listening to them, because you're hearing them. And they're becoming real to you. And it's becoming repeated in your life. And you begin to believe in that song. Begin to believe in those things because you're repeating them. The same thing is true about God's word. Is that when you get into it and you begin to listen to it and you begin to read it and it begins to speak to your life and it's the only thing that you can think about during the day. It's the scriptures that are going through your mind and you're beginning to speak them over your life. Now you're building faith because what you're reading and, and hearing is causing belief that he is, right? That he's a rewarder. You think I would know that he's a rewarder if I never read Ephesians 2? You think I would know that he is if I didn't read Genesis chapter 1? I can hear somebody speak it, but when I know, when I take it from God's word, it becomes real to me because we know that his word is true. And this Bible has outlasted every person that's tried to disprove it. Faith comes from hearing. Are you getting in the word? Are you listening to the word? You know, I think often we say faith comes from hearing, and we're like, well, we got to read it. Well, you can also listen to it, too. That's kind of cool nowadays. Or listen to, to messages. There's multiple different ways. Read books. But I would say 100%, if you're reading a book instead of this book, I would read this book first. Because the validity of this word 
speaks more truth than any opinion in this entire world could ever speak. And God will reveal himself through his Holy Spirit, not that he doesn't do it through what other people write, but he will reveal himself through his Holy Spirit and through his anointed word in your life in a way that which no, no other person could do for you when you get into it. But you have to do it. You have to do it. You have to make the decision first. Put yourself in a place in which you can hear the word. Put yourself in a place in which you can build that faith from reading and hearing that word. Oh, I've got a, oh my goodness. <laughs> I shouldn't have looked over there. i got a personal story and then we're going to wrap up. Um, and I just want to talk about believing the word of the Lord. I was out in Colorado on a hunting trip. And it was our first trip out there. And my buddy and I, we, we were like three days in. And I was praying, like, Lord, we just want a deer. And, and, and I was just having a good time with the Lord. And we were sitting around the campfire. And I was like, Lord, I want a deer, you know, praying, okay, when is this going to happen, Lord? You know, where do I need to go? What's the next ridge I need to cross over? Where's the next draw that I need to get into and hunt? Where do I need to sit for the morning? Where do I need to sit for the night? And the Lord just basically told me, as I was just sitting there, he just said, you'll have a deer, you'll have a buck by the end of the day tomorrow. That was that night I went to bed. I got up in the morning, and the Lord reminded me of that word, you'll have a deer by the end of the day. I said, okay, Lord, where should I go? He was quiet. <laughs> and, you know, I went to the, to the same spot that morning that I'd gone a couple days before. And, man, this is, I'm being reminded of the story as I'm saying it. It's such a cool story. Um, I get on top of this ridge. I'm sitting there. The, the light breaks uh, the hills. The sun's coming up. All of a sudden, I can start seeing. I'm looking around, and about 400 yards out, I see a bunch of deer coming over this ridge, and lo and behold, there's a buck. I'm like, sweet, yes. God is so true. And, like, I get on this buck, and I'm like, okay, easily, can easily nail this thing. And I fire two rounds, and nothing happens. I'm like, what? Sometimes God comes through and we screw things up. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I'm not done with my story. That's what I thought. I'm just speaking from reality. That's what I thought. You gotta wait till the end of the story. Um, so I'm like, man, what happened? You know, we went to look for blood, didn't hit anything, they had run off. Um, and I began to like think about my gun and my scope and how how I messed this up because the gun was pretty accurate and and there was no way I really should have missed at that range. And what had happened was is I had, had been shooting at the range and I never turned my uh, scope back to zero. So I ended up shooting over the deer by about a foot and a half. So all good. Deer wasn't hurt. <laughs> so <laughs> blessings. So we go out that afternoon. We go to a whole different new spot. We go out that afternoon. We're, we're hiking along and, and walking out. And we're about two and a half to three miles back in. And we're coming up over this ridge. And my, my uh, hunting partner and I, we split up. He went one way. I went the other I uh, get in this draw, and it's pretty narrow. You can't see very far. A um, couple hundred yards is it. And I, I decided to go to the bottom of the draw, which doesn't really make a lot of sense when you're hunting hills um, because looking up isn't usually as easy as looking down. And so I went down there, just sat down, took my Bible out, began reading a little bit, and just like, you know, you know, Lord said I'd have a deer by the end of the day, and I was like, well, I screwed that up, Lord, sorry. And I was just kind of really sulking in that moment. 
And, and I, I remembered God's word, right? Came about hearing. And I'm sitting there, and I'm just, I grab a candy bar. I eat lots of candy. Um, I'm sitting there eating candy. My gun is still in its case, and it's just laying next to me, and I'm kind of just chilling because it was a long walk. And all of a sudden, I see this deer, and I, could, I mean, I could see the horns without binoculars. I was like, huh, there goes a buck. And I'm like eating my candy. I'm like, that was a buck. I got to go, you know. I screwed it up again. <laughs> my gun was in the case. I was like, come on. God's supplied twice now. Went up there, couldn't find the buck. Long story short, I went back down to where I was sitting before. The sun's beginning to set. I mean, it's getting dark. It, the, the, the dusk is, it's starting to get to where you start thinking, well, maybe I shouldn't be shooting now. You know? um, it wasn't super, super dark, but it was dark enough. I was like, okay, it's time to leave. I got about an hour and a half walk out. Um, so we got to get going. So I pick, pack up all my stuff, start walking out, and I get about 100 yards up this draw, and I look over to my left, and there is a buck just standing there looking at me. <laughs> I'm looking at him thinking, really? And there's like this little, uh, God just, I don't know how he plans this stuff out, but there's like this little knoll. I just snuck down so the, the buck couldn't see me at all. Got my gun out of its case, because I usually travel with it in the case so nothing happens. Pulled it out, stood up, and shot the buck. And the Lord immediately was like, it's the end of the day. <laughs> Come on, right? That's faith in God's word. I remembered that word. And that's a story that will, that will last with me forever. And it's really a blessing. Because when God speaks in our life, we have to hold on to it. And we have to speak that over ourselves. Begin to allow that to determine your pathway. Let's go to Romans chapter 10, verse 8 through 9, or 8 through 11. If you want to learn more about faith, I encourage you to read about Abraham. I have a, about another half hour's worth of a sermon here talking about Abraham, so we're just going to skip that. But I would encourage you to go into Genesis, read about Abraham. Romans chapter 4 says a lot about him. Hebrews 11 says a lot about him. And Abraham was a man of faith. And his faith was something that drew him close to God. It was actually counted unto him as righteousness. Abraham was a person that, that didn't regard that which was around him to determine what God had spoken over him. God called him out of the land where he lived for 75 years. And God said, I need you to go to this land and to begin to look for a city in whose builder and architect was God. And Abraham didn't, didn't look at the city that he was around and was like, Lord, I've been living here 75 years. I don't really want to leave right now. I don't really want to go to a land I don't know. I don't want to go to a place where I don't own anything. And he didn't regard that which he had already had as something that was important to him. But he regarded God's word as more important than that which was before him. And so he left and he went after that. And he went and he sojourned and he went across that land. And again, God promises Abraham and he says, I want to make you a father of many nations. And because he was saying, I want to make you a father of many nations, he said that it's going to come through your seed. Abraham, number one, was 75 years old when he left. And when he actually had a child, he was about 100. But God's word came in his life and it was 20 years later before it manifested through a son, through his wife, Sarah. But he stayed diligent on God's word in his life, needing to be reminded several times, just like I was in that hunt, of what God had spoken. 
And he tried screwing it up like I did. But we can't screw up God's word in our life. We need to just rest in it. Faith does not come from striving. Faith comes by surrender. You will never be able to build faith with God. Don't come to the Lord and say, I just need more faith. Because he's already, in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, it says he's given each and every one of us a measure of faith. He's already given you faith. You need to step into that faith and surrender to it. Too often we're trying to strive for faith. And we say, I need more faith. I, need, I just need to have more. I just need to believe God more in this area. I just need this. Well, quit trying and just rest in what God has already spoken over you. Remember, faith is believing that God is. And when you believe that God is, he's more than enough regardless of the situation. It's not by striving. We cannot earn faith. Faith is given to us. We need to surrender to it. Just like Abraham, don't regard your situation or your circumstances to determine the outcome of your life. But surrender to God and allow him to lead you in every place and portion that he has for you. When you leave your house, you'll step into faith. A preacher once said, where your ability ends, God's faith or faith begins. Wherever you can't do it anymore, then faith takes over. That is so true, because too often we try to do everything on our own. Okay, Romans 10, verse 8 through 11 says this. But what does it say? That the word is near you and in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. Do you believe God is today? Maybe this is your first time in church in a long time. Maybe this is your first time in church ever. Maybe God's called you out, and I'm talking to you online too. Maybe God's called you. And he's requiring something of you. There's a hope inside of you. And faith is there. Romans 10 that scripture passage we just read says the first step is to confess with your mouth. First we confess that he is Lord. That's the first step. And then faith can come. Then it can come. We need to confess. We need to acknowledge that we're not enough. That's the whole idea of the surrender, right? We need to acknowledge that we can't do it for God. Remember, God doesn't need us. He wants us. And the easiest way for God to have us is for us to surrender to him. He's asking you to surrender today. Not just in this moment, but he's asking you to surrender every part and portion of your life. Step number two is to believe in your heart that he is Lord. That belief will come with confession. Sometimes confession seems difficult. And it will be built over time. The Bible also tells us that our faith can be built. It's not something that has to remain where it is. That we just didn't just get faith in this place and it no longer can be built from there that we're just stuck with a small amount of faith. No. Remember what I said? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. The more word we get, the bigger our faith gets. Are 
Are you willing to surrender to the Lord today? Are you believing God for his reward? Or do you believe that he's a rewarder of him that's, of those that seek him? John 3.16 says this. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus is the reward. And everlasting life comes along with that. Eternal life. If you've never confessed Jesus as Lord in your life, I want to give you that opportunity today to seek him by word of confession and faith. Allow that faith to grow. Maybe you're in a place that you know God, you've walked with God, you've walked with great faith, but your faith just feels faithless right now. And it feels diminished and it feels like you don't have enough. I just want to challenge you to surrender your heart to God again in this moment. With every eye closed, every head bowed, I want to give you this opportunity. If you would like to surrender your heart to the Lord, maybe again, maybe for the first time, and acknowledge him as Lord and Savior in your life, I just want you to slip up your hand. Right, thank you. I see that. See those hands. See those hands. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. I see you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. The Lord sees every hand here, and he acknowledges your surrender. He acknowledges you in this moment. You go ahead and put those hands down. He acknowledges you in this moment. I just want to lead you in a confession of faith. Call it the believer's prayer. And your faith will begin to be built off of this prayer. So just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and that I need a Savior. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. And I believe that you rose again on the third day and that I have life eternal through your son, Jesus Christ. I receive you now and surrender my life in fullness to your will and glory. In Jesus' name, and they all said, amen. Hallelujah. I'll never, this never gets old to me. Tens of thousands of angels are glorifying God for every heart that comes to him. There is a party in heaven. So let's, let's pursue God in this worship song just like we're in heaven, acknowledging another life saved. And if you're one of those lives, I encourage you to come and get prayer and build your faith of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We hope that this message spoke to you in a very meaningful way and that you were able to connect with the Lord. And hey, if you made a decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior today, we are first and foremost just so happy for you and we would love to get connected with you. So if you want to find some more of our content and find out how to get connected with us, feel free to check out our website at wearerefuge.net. Be blessed and have an amazing rest of your day.